0: Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callis. Welcome. It is 420. Yeah, I know for you stoners out there, that's an important date. <laughs> Maybe for some of us that aren't stoners, but just want people to be left alone. We should keep that in mind. Just saying. Uh, not that I would ever advocate altering your mind enough that you don't know what day it is, but I don't think sending you to prison for life is going to fix you either. Uh, well, be that as it may, this is episode 400. How coincidental is it that it happens on 420? (laughs) All right, before I get into it, let's just tease you the uh, title for today, Judgment is Coming. And before I get into the content, let me remind you, you can like, share, and subscribe to this show. Every little bit helps. The algorithms is (laughs) a... funny situation. I have shows now that get well over a thousand downloads. And then I have every once in a while, something that gets a few hundred and it makes no sense. And quite frankly, some of those shows topically would seem that they should be 1200 downloads, not 400, but it is what it is. And I won't complain. Uh, you know, I know my three listeners out there have been extremely busy And at this point, we should be well over 120,000 downloads, which, if you do the math, is now north of 300 downloads averaged per episode. And if you were to lop off the first 200, because let's face it, I didn't have near the traction then, it's probably closer to an average of 600 per episode for the last couple hundred episodes. Now, being that I am a one man show and I don't have an advertising budget. And quite frankly, I haven't done any killer interviews yet. Not to take anything away from the three school board members that I got a chance to interview before they went and won their elections. Let me just keep it in mind that we are, sorry, I apologize. We are far more interested in getting the truth out there hearing the rest of the story than we are of being a juggernaut making money. Not that there's anything wrong with making money, because I clearly don't hate money, but that is a lesser priority. All right, on with the show. Here we go. Oh, yes, one last thing before I go any further. You can rate and review the show as well. That helps a lot and I'm on all the uh, podcatchers. The show actually does load into YouTube in audio form, and I do my best to share it on Telegram and Gab. So be that as it may, here we go. All right, judgment is coming. Well, what do I mean? Well, yes, Election Day is right around the corner. And in McKinney... That means the opportunity exists for a number of people to be retired. Now, I got to say, I don't have any personal animosity against the incumbents. I don't know them well enough to have developed a personal animosity. But I got to say, the level of arrogance that drips off of the current board president, Is something to behold. Now, I don't doubt that the lady is qualified to do the job. That's often not the issue. The issue is sometimes when you get a job, whether or not you are qualified for it, you get in over your head and or you let it get or go to your head. You you see yourself as far more important, far uh, more... hmm, powerful than what effect you really are. A number of things have occurred over the last couple of years that lead me to believe that that is exactly what we're dealing with with the current board president. She needs to retire. The uh, person seeking to unseat her uh, is really a class act lady, and she's been working her tail off, Brittany Hendrickson. I haven't endorsed in this race because... I haven't really been asked to. And secondarily, sometimes you get too close to things and you can't think clearly. we're just going to leave it at that. Um, And there's nothing nefarious in that. It just means that I like to stay as objective as possible. And while I think that Brittany will do a great job, my primary concern is sending the president home. She needs to be retired. And she needs to face consequences for her breach of conduct and for her abuse of power. And hopefully that will be dealt with once she is removed from the position that she's held for so long. And, you know, when when you are close to a, an issue, uh, you can't be non-biased. And, and that's, that's really why I, I'm trying to avoid getting an endorsement, if you will. Um, it's out my backyard, and I'm going to be emotionally driven, and I don't think that that's going to do any good. That's going to help anybody. So second person, Lynn Speery. Lynn Sperry apparently now has been on that board 39 years by her own uh, statement. I didn't think it was that long. I knew it was well over 35, but do you think things might have changed a little bit? Do you think maybe, just maybe... We don't need Dianne Feinstein on the school board. Hmm? Or maybe Strom Thurmond, for those of you that think that's what that's about. Somebody that's been around that long, perhaps they need to pass the torch. Perhaps they need to be put into uh, the retirement. And, And I read a statement that she put out, which honestly was disappointing. Because many of her facts weren't even close to being accurate. There was indeed a forum, right? The uh, Collin County Conservative Republicans were a part of that forum. Indeed, their president was the MC, inviting everybody in and welcoming everybody. But beyond that, had nothing to do with the forum. There are a good number of Republican clubs that exist in Collin County, and they're not all the same, they don't all exactly line up. And for <clears throat> the, the uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go with it, the Diane Feinstein of our school board to complain and refuse to show up when she ridiculed the other candidates for not showing up at their Democrat sponsored function is ludicrous. Both of these ladies claim to be good Republicans. Well, that means nothing when you live in Collin County and voting in a Republican primary is the only way you have any say in what happens for the last 20 some odd years. Now, it's plausible that they have more in common with Mitt Romney than the rest of us. And that's fine for what it is. But let's not not mince words here. She hasn't done anything of any significance in 20 years, as far as I can tell. Why is she still there? Because of name recognition, because of who her husband is, because she did have a good career at some point 40 years ago, and that's all well and good. But boomers are going to boom, right? (laughs) Oh, for those of you that don't get the reference, that just means that once they attained power, they don't want to ever give it up they don't trust anybody else. They know better than everyone else. That's what the meme is. Now, whether I agree with that 100% or not is largely irrelevant because the fact is that somebody that is stuck in their ways and hasn't adjusted to new technology and new techniques probably needs to step aside and let somebody else in. Now, you don't have to like her opponent. You don't have to think that Rachel Elliott's the best person for the job. But at this point, because nobody else ran, you have to be willing to say, well, whatever my concerns might be, whatever whatever I personally don't like about her. And I don't suffer from this issue. Let's be clear. Again, I'm too close to this. I'm emotionally invested. So I'm going to stick with the recommendation model here, right? But I want you to go weigh these out. Do you have to keep somebody around that hasn't had anything relevant with the school district uh, as far as understanding things in over 20 years? Or do you go with somebody new? Do you take a chance on doing something different? Because I'm sorry, I'm really put off by the idea that this is a team of eight. And I'm really put off by the idea that they need to be in lockstep in everything that they do. That is not my understanding of how a board of directors works. That's not what the design was originally intended to be. They're the board of directors. They need to tell the superintendent, this is what we expect from you. This is how we would like to see these benchmarks met. And we're going to stay out of the day-to-day operations, but we are going to hold you accountable for what goes on. But apparently, uh, this individual is not concerned about doing any of that. She just wants her seat on the board. I'm sorry. That's not good enough. And then let's move over to the other one. <laughs> For who is likely somebody that is not even qualified to be on that board objectively and has at least on two occasions physically touched or pushed on other people that weren't in their own family, didn't lack the self-control to not keep their hands to themselves. This is something we teach kids in kindergarten. Now, I'm sorry. That's a problem. And, and she was bad enough that she didn't get just one candidate, but two candidates that filed against her. And again, I would recommend either one of them. I know there's people out there that... For whatever reason, have an axe to grind with Serena Ashcroft. I know there's people out there that are not happy with Jim Westerhide, but I'm here to tell you right here, right now either one of them is significantly better than Odell. Significantly. And, and I know my conservative brethren are split and they're arguing, and I don't know if that's a 2080 split or. Uh, 40, 60 split, don't know, don't care. My concern is we have two viable, decent candidates that are right of center that want to be on that school board and retire Odell. But unfortunately, like I told you before, they weren't willing to set aside their differences, their ego, whatever, to work for and endorse the other and get them across the finish line. And they both have valid reasons for why they don't want to do that. Let's Let's not return to that. Uh, I respect their decision. I don't know that I would have made the same decision, but I respect it. That's their right, their cause. They're the candidate. They're the ones that are all in on it. And I'm going to tell you, I recommend both of them highly over Stephanie O'Dell. I I don't think I should have mentioned her name because I'm sorry. There's a video out there of the uh, last forum that took place and it, it, And if you can't watch that and wonder how in the world is this person on the board, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, look, I know a few Democrats. I know a few progressives. I talk to them. I respect them. If they were to call me up tomorrow and say, hey, let's go talk about X, Y, or Z, I would do it. We can agree to disagree. We can we can agree or I'm sorry, disagree vehemently, but we can do it in a respectful way. We we can treat each other appropriately. But apparently, Stephanie has a problem with that. Apparently, that's beyond. Perhaps maybe we need to send her back to remedial classes on how to treat others. But when I say judgment is coming. That's what I'm talking about. We have an opportunity to retire these three people. They are not a net positive for the school district any longer. And I know, I know there's probably a moderate out there somewhere that's listening to me. Maybe even somebody that's left of center and you're feeling very upset. You feel like I attacked your candidate. You feel, well, no, I'm sticking primarily to issues and relevant issues. I haven't picked on their opinions. I haven't picked on the way they look. I haven't picked on, well, I did mention age, but I, I've i tried to keep it clearly on the things that matter to the school district. And I'm sorry, I'm not content with follow the leader. I'm not content with nobody asking any questions. I'm not content with the same old, same old all the time. And every other district around us had to go through the same nonsense ours did but we're still paying the price because we haven't come up out of it. We haven't fixed the issue. And it runs the gamut from blaming people for being poor to, quite frankly, freaking out because you say that some people maybe aren't capable of going to college. I mean, come on, pick a side here. What is it that you are really trying to say? I mean, I'm honest about it. If you just take out a bell curve and the bottom half probably is not best suited to go to college. Does it not mean that they're all not suited? No. Does that mean that there can't be uh, an individual in there that just didn't come into his own while he was in high school or she was in high school? Of course, that happens. Those opportunities exist. But if somebody's in the bottom percentile, right, the, the bottom 10%, percent fairly certain college is never, ever going to be something for them. And the whole notion that every child must go to college is meaningless. The whole notion that we graduate 98% of our students is actually a big, big problem because how many of these students are being graduated with being ill-prepared for the future that faces them? How many of these students are gifted a graduation that haven't mastered the necessary knowledge in order to function as adults? How many of these young people are set up for failure because they got a piece of paper that says they are capable of graduating high school, but yet they can barely read at an eighth grade level. How are we serving our people? One one of the candidates mentioned the fact that we're guaranteed a free government education. Okay, maybe, but they don't think merit pay is helpful. And they believe that if you just keep spending more money, you're going to get better results. Apparently, But that's not true either. You have the law of diminishing returns that comes in at some point. I mean, if you spend $20,000 a year per pupil and you can't get but a one or two percentage point bump from the $10,000 you spent per pupil, how is that really helpful? How is that a wise investment? But if you can't even wrap your head around that, if you don't understand what's at play there, do you really have any business serving on a school board? The answer to that should be obvious. It's bad enough that my mayor has now doubled and tripled down on this nonsense with the school district. Again, judgment's coming. You go all in on that, Mr. Mayor. Are you prepared for the consequences that they may lose? Or even if they win, if they eke out a barely a win because you threw all your time, money and energy after supporting them. What does that say about you? What does that say about your standing? You got to think about that. I mean, I've asked a number of people I know is this just a bid to remain relevant? Is this just a chance to try and flex his post mayor muscle? Don't know. I, I don't really know what goes on in that head. Uh, maybe a little self love. Um, who knows? But the city's in play now as well. Unfortunately, we couldn't find anybody that wanted to run against Rick Franklin. And, and look, the guy's not stupid and he's got money, but how is it that in the entire city, we couldn't find somebody to step up to run halfway decent campaign against the guy being that he does nothing of any significance other than show up to a board meeting and rubber stamp what the mayor wants to do. I'm sorry. I want more out of my city council than that. I need more out of my city council than that. Now, If they were to have an actual lively debate and discussion and somebody would be convinced that, hey, yeah, well, you know what? I I can see the risk there. I'm willing to do that. Okay, fine. But that doesn't happen. Or at least if it does, we don't know anything about it. That should bother you. That should be concerning. Why? Why won't you have those? Again, it's the board of directors for the city. They mandate what they want to see out of the city. They send benchmarks and they tell their, uh, you know, chief executive, if you will, you're the city manager, make these things happen. And then they lie about some of the statistical, uh, changes, right? I mean, well, crime's not up. You're making that up. Hey, the airport's going to go in there. It's going to fix everything. Oh, hey, $200 million being spent now that we might see a return in 45 years on. I mean, Again, let's just pause and think about this. Why aren't we asking those questions? Why isn't there an open dialogue with the pluses and minuses? Why do we need to all be in lockstep with what one or two or three people want to do? Uh, clearly, the investors that bought the land are going to benefit, who are apparently business partners with our mayor as well. I mean, I'm not sure how that isn't called out for what it is, conflict of interest, be that as it may, it all might be perfectly legal. I'm not one to say that something's illegal without actually having direct evidence that it's illegal. I may mention that it doesn't pass the sniff test. I may mention that it's questionable behavior or or interactions, and I will definitely call it a conflict of interest, but that can all be perfectly legal. It just doesn't pass that smell test. So the question is, are we going to defeat the anointed candidate? I've said it before, publicly and privately. I know the guy. I mean, we're not friends, but we don't hang out. But but I know him. I interact with him. I like him. He's pretty fair and even-minded person. But do you really think he's going to have the stones to stand up to the mayor? Do you really think he's going to ask those tough questions and push back? I don't buy it. Now, we've saw signs of life out of Patrick Cloitier, right? He's going to kind of do his own thing. I can respect that. And Justin Beller, while he might be far left of center compared to me, he at least asks questions. He meets with his constituents and he takes the time out. Do you think we're going to get that? I don't know. Enter in Tom Meredith. Yes, Tom Meredith threw his hat in the ring at kind of close to the last minute than what I would have preferred. But he is a well-known established businessman. He was involved in the downtown area for 20 some years, involved in his church, lives in Stonebridge. This guy's got a vested interest in doing what's best for the entire city of McKinney. And I'd like to see him get a chance to be on that city council. I would, and actually I'm going to, I will make that an endorsement because I'm not nearly as emotionally involved in that situation. It's purely an objective thing. Do I want somebody that's going to question the narrative? Do I want somebody that's willing to put skin in the game? Well, Tom's already done that once, twice. If you can't earn an endorsement after running a brutal campaign against the mayor and then turning around and going, well, I'm going to do it one more time two years later, I mean, what good is an endorsement? You have to earn that. And that's that's why I'm upgrading that from just the recommendation. And, you know, it's a struggle. It is a struggle to be heard when the other side is so good at drowning out voices, so good at painting anybody that disagrees with them as being a Nazi. Oh, you didn't hear about that one? Yeah, you should go look up that video where uh, my buddy Kyle posted where the current school board president one accused people of wanting to ban books which then she promptly says is illegal and then called us all nazis oh not directly because you know we went to war and half a million people died so we wouldn't be nazis interesting how that works call the other guys nazis while you're the one enacting tyrannical dictates hmm who does that sound like oh yeah the Soviets. <laughs> so, you got your choice, McKinney. You can keep the Soviets in charge, or perhaps you can take a risk on somebody that they call a Nazi. <laughs> what a choice we have there. And while we're at it, don't worry, trust the experts. Where have we heard that before, right? The experts know what's best. Do what you're told, don't question anything. That, that's essentially what's happened with the airport. <laughs> How dare you! And oh, by the way, we're going to provide you with our own handpicked expert that we're paying to tell you what we want him to tell you. Oh yeah. That's a very non-biased and informational campaign there. (laughs) Never mind the fact that we're all invested in that property that the city will be first forced to buy at a very high premium markup. No, that has nothing to do with it. Not at all. (laughs) Oh man. Hey, but trust the experts. Right. And then, and how sad is it that when you've got a school board who claims they're so experienced, claim they're so qualified, yet they defer everything to the superintendent because, well, he's the expert. Well, if you're not an expert, at least somebody that thinks quite highly of yourself, what business do you have serving on a board controlling the guy that you think is the expert? Now, that being said, a superintendent ought to have expertise. A superintendent ought to have a grasp on all things educational. Not have an extra year to pad their uh, resume before being appointed by an outgoing counsel. Maybe. We'll see. The school board. Man, I'm hopeful. Not going to hold my breath, but I'm hopeful that we're going to get rid of at least one if not three of these uh, people that need to go, the city council. We have a referendum right now on the leadership of the city. It's called the airport bond, two hundred million dollars that we'll probably never live to see the payout on that, which in and of itself is not necessarily a reason to vote no. Not necessarily. Some investments do take that long, but that's all predicated on a whole lot of fallacy that we're going to see that money or more correctly, our children or grandchildren are going to see that money, the benefit. And then of course, last but not least, all this going on, we're talking about judgment coming. We look down to our legislature. The people that we send there to do our bidding, to work for us, to, to represent us, to do the right thing, no sooner do they get down there and they promptly dismiss us. They hook up with whoever's going to give them the most bang for their buck. Whoever's going to, quote, ensure their re-election, because apparently that is the most important thing when you get elected to office is to ensure that you win your re-election. Not doing the right thing, not properly representing your people, not standing up against tyranny. No, 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 none of that matters, because you know what? If you don't win re-election, you won't be able to do anything. So you can go serve six terms and completely sell out your soul and claim that it was all worth it. And in case you haven't been paying attention, and I got to admit, I missed some of this as well. So the state legislature has decided to strip the executive committee, the Republican Party of almost all their power and authority, thus empowering the chair. Then they're going to come in and say that they're going to essentially run the party from the legislature they're inverting the very process of the Republic. They're taking away the representatives that we already put in place. They're nullifying the whole idea of a precinct chair to suit their needs, suit their purposes. You know, see they're upset that we, the people have been pushing back, you know, they spend all their time blaming the other party, blaming the Democrats when in fact our biggest enemy is, is ourselves, those within our own party. And they're acting right now down in Austin to nullify the work that we have done, to push back on the uh, (laughs) great lengths we've had to take to rein in any of these individuals. That should be very concerning. But nobody's talking about it. They're, They're destroying the very grassroots that gets them elected because they think they don't need us. And unfortunately, the Republican Party of Texas is a private entity. So the legislature is legislating what a private club or a private organization can do, which is, by the way, in violation of the law and the Constitution as it's currently understood. But the party isn't willing to fight that battle. The party isn't willing to tell them to go pound sand. The party isn't willing to say, Uh, No, not just everybody gets to run as a Republican. You have to earn that spot. They refuse to close the primary. They refuse to limit access to the ballots. They refuse to do anything to protect our brand. Yet the party itself, which is charged with that Job, first and foremost, refuses to step into the battle and tell the elected officials, you can pass that law all you want, but we're not going to follow the election code because it doesn't apply to a private organization. We have to have the intestinal fortitude and the spine to push back. And if by any chance somebody gets this to Matt Rinaldi, tell him, I love the guy. I want him to do the right thing. But this is your chance, Matt. You have got to push back while we can still push back. You have got to take action while it can still make a difference. It doesn't make... A, well, let me phrase this. It doesn't do a bit of good to be the last man standing on a sinking ship. You're not going to do anybody any good by being the captain going down on the Titanic. I got to tell you. I'm going to remind you. I'm a Republican because of necessity. I'm a Republican because I want to make a difference. I'm a Republican because that is the party that most closely aligns with me that will allow us to get things done. But the moment they kick us out, the moment they eliminate the grassroots interaction, the moment that they tell us we don't need you anymore, those gloves are going to come off. Do they really want this? Do they really want an internal battle? I got to tell you, I don't have to like my state representative, which I actually personally do like my state representative. Um, I don't have to agree with everything that they do and I don't, but when I've got a guy in the neighboring district that spends more time beating up on Republicans, more times soiling conservative causes than he does actually getting the things done, we sent him there to do, and I can't get rid of them. And I can't fund an adequate, fund, find, I can't find an adequate person to challenge him. That's a big problem. That's on us, Collin County. That's on us, McKinney. Why do we continue to take the scraps? Judgment may be coming. We might actually get a win in the ISD. There's a whole lot of stuff that's been going on there the last year or two. We'll see if there's any consequences for that behavior. We might actually get a toehold, a foothold, in the city council in the city of McKinney if some people are willing to just say, I generally like the city, but we're not going down the right path. We need some fresh blood. We need some new ideas. We might just get that. But the legislature, (laughs) they don't like the direction we the people are taking them, so they're stripping us of our authority and our power to do anything about it. And the vast majority of Republicans are just sitting there watching it happen. In the remaining, I don't know, 30 seconds here, let me assure you, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be reaching out to a friend of mine. You know him as Robert West. I got to meet the guy after I reviewed his book, The Five Star Plan. He has got his hands full helping us take and hold Texas for the good guys and I'd sure like to talk about what has he been doing what's what is his number one number two concerns you know he has his own podcast you should check it out the Robert West podcast he does video with his most of the time or actually I think all the time but he does it once a week so the next time he's in town I'm going to try and meet up with him and we're going to talk about this I am convinced this is the way forward we have to start working together pushing back (sighs) against the overreach and tyrannical behavior coming out of Austin. McKinney, we have a fighting chance. We have an opportunity to dial back what's been going on in the city and the school district. But if we ever want to do anything at the state level, we have to act, and we have to act quickly. Because if we fail, that very same judgment might be coming for us. No, not might, will come for us. And with that, this has been According to Callus. Thank you for joining me and enjoy the rest of your evening. And I will see you on the other side.